0: welcome back to the dubs hub podcast i'm thomas here with chris how are you doing chris doing great man feeling relieved how about you my god what a great game seven um don't want to bury the lead here so i'm just gonna kick it off with with just a little something hold on we know who this is about yes this game seven is all wardell stephen curry
1: we knew it from the beginning too even before the game uh we were living and dying by steph curry tonight and uh or today and that's exactly what happened
0: if that's how we're gonna go out that's how we're gonna go out steph knew he had to come out aggressive he can't he knew he couldn't Um, sit back and get his teammates involved like he loves to do as an unselfish player. He came out with the ball in his hands. They were running a ton of the Draymond Steph pick and roll up top even to start the game which is, you know, the toughest playing basketball to stop essentially. Um, For any player, any team, any combination, that's it. Like I'm putting the Steph-Dray pick and roll above anything. and That was kind of clearly the game plan was to control the pace in this game seven. Um, the Kings completely controlled the pace in game six and in a couple of the other matchups earlier in the series and dubs came out and just dominated in that aspect. I mean um, on the back of Steph Curry, obviously who I guess we should mention 50 points in a closeout game and a cl- sorry, a closeout game seven new NBA record. Um, Just legendary stuff.
1: Yeah. I think the first possession of the game was like a five out with Steph with the ball. And then he came and got a pick and roll. And I was like, wow, I've never seen this to start a game before where Steph just has the ball in his hands and they come set a pick with him like no sophisticated pass cut past this. It, it kind of set the tone for the for the game, I thought. And like you said, we were going to live and die by Steph tonight, um, which I was OK with. And today he. Shot the most times he's ever shot in his career, um, and that was yeah, thirty-eight seven. field goals. Yeah, and, only uh,
0: five free throws, which is hilarious because we've we've beat this drum on Twitter. I mean, Steph just doesn't get the calls and the respect that he deserves from the refs, and still, even in a fifty-point game, he only shot five free throws and missed two of them. Surprisingly, but um, I know
1: that's always been the case with Steph, like. In the playoffs and then the regular season, you'll see NBA stars get like 50-point games, 60-point games, and you'll look and they'll have like 15, yeah. or 18 free throws. Now, Steph and Clay have also always been like that. They've been putting yep. up huge scoring numbers with like two or three free throws attempts. But so, yeah, just some Just honest show.
0: honest hoop, honest yeah, basketball. Real <laughs> basketball out here. He, he shot 18 threes. If Steph shoots 18 threes every single game, I think I'm okay with that. Like, Yeah, the thing is, it's just like, I don't think he can do this type of
1: output for every single game. Just because, no, of course not. Like, his, for him to get a shot off, for him to get a clean look, takes so much energy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, before diving in too deep with it, it was just an insane win. I, I was pretty nervous before the game. I know you were a little more optimistic than me. It's just
0: i was i was just convincing myself of that bro i was so (laughs) nervous i mean game six like really beat the shit out of me to be honest and game coming into game seven on the road against this king's team is freaking good dude Really? they're really good
1: i can't remember a playoff team that um i was actually scared of not like it's superstar power and everything but they just play so fast they were playing really well um like last year when we were playing against the Mavericks, the Nuggets, Memphis, I was never really worried about this series. I guess Memphis a little bit, um, even Boston. Yeah, in, in the West,
0: in the West yeah. Memphis was the toughest, but I still was pretty confident. I felt like we had their number. 100%.
1: I just, it felt like we never really had the Kings number in this series. Oh, I know we touched on that on previous Until podcasts, tonight, but yeah. Yeah, I mean – in the first half, we were down. I would say until like the second half of the third quarter, I, I didn't feel that way. Um, yeah, but yeah, Warriors came know.
0: out and really punched him in the mouth to start that second half. I mean, they they hit a bunch of shots, but really it was the defense in the third quarter and and then riding Steph Curry on offense. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, beautiful third quarter. They they controlled the pace, like I mentioned. They started to really pick it up on the um on the rebounding and the, the loose balls rebounding and yeah loose exactly balls, yeah. which we've we've been mentioning every time we get on and record ourselves talk and every time we go on and tweet we talk about how important the offensive rebounding battle was in this series because sabonis is a beast on the offensive glass let's give him some credit like he's he's very good that's one of his best skills and we have Kevon looney who led the nba in offensive rebounds um so that was, like, in the trenches, the number one thing I would look to when I go look at the team stats, like, what's the rebounding battle look like um, if it was a close game, and, and you can kind of see you know what needs to be done to fix that. So, yeah, they came out third quarter. Looney was a dog on the offensive boards in that yeah. second half. Unbelievable. He got 21 rebounds again and 10 offensive rebounds. The third game out of seven, Kavon Looney had – 20 plus offensive rebounds which according to anthony slater warriors beat reporter makes kevon looney the first player since dwight howard in 2008 with three 20 plus rebound games in the same series insane insane yeah it was
1: honestly kind of comical some of them like i found myself laughing i was like how is he doing this it's just it's not jumping super high it's not he like he's just overpowering nope. them he just found himself in the right position i mean on it's his doing like he's getting in really good position but the ball just kept landing in his hands and instead of trying to go up and force anything he's just kicking it out making he'll have right like sub,
0: he'll have sabonis dragging down his left arm and he just grabs the board with his right arm and then passes it to like wide wide open Steph for a three it unbelievable what a what a maniac (laughs) yeah i thought tonight um steph i mean
1: obviously steph was just the number one he willed this team to win we were pretty much dead in the water if he wasn't gonna just put the team on his back um but i thought looney and steph and a little bit of wiggins and draymond really carried the game kind of not the best games from clay definitely not pool um
0: not the best from clay shooting but he was a pl- team high plus 30 on, yeah. and it was really like he was playing very good defense they they threw him onto monk sometimes and he yeah. was then guarding uh he was chasing around Keegan Murray that was his like primary matchup for the starters um and Keegan had some moments i mean he's a good player uh we got to say that like he's he's a rookie he was great this series after a rough start he came out started knocking down shots like he was very good for the kings I'm, i was impressed by keegan but tonight clay played a very good defense on him
1: yeah yeah, yeah. just shoot i mean he was just missing yeah. wide open shots um yep
0: getting lost with his dribble like a couple bad yeah. turnovers but you know he he finds a way to kind of make a positive impact no matter what and it's so, not gonna happen forever
1: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and we'll get into this later in the podcast um kind of talking about the next series but in retrospect looking back on this it really didn't seem like a series for kind of clay and dante just because they're more like smart not like the king's team was just too fast for them i feel like too athletic too fast yeah and i think the lakers series is going to be a little opposite of that but um yeah just staying on this game seven uh yeah, enough can't just be said about Steph. I don't really even know where to go other than that. <laughs> yeah, just... 50
0: points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He had a steal. Only one turnover. Yeah. Um, what a mess. With the Hitting defense, some... they
1: were playing on him, too, to only have one turnover in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They were literally doubling him at half. Yeah. For it. And just like, okay, anybody. And they should have started doing that earlier, in my opinion, because they, it was kind it of working worked. a little bit.
0: yeah. It worked yeah. early in the series. I mean, they they were trapping him up top early in the series. I think the Warriors figured some things out with that trap, and that's why they won three straight. Um, and so that's why Mike Brown then moved away from it and said, all right, we're going to just try to dog Steph with like Terrence Davis. And they moved away from Davion Mitchell a bit, too. They said, Terrence, like, this is your matchup now. Go for it. And then, obviously, Fox guarded Steph at times. Um, but, yeah, they... they it worked at first. That's why the Kings, I think, went up two zero. 0 It's like the Warriors weren't able to solve that in- initially. They solved it, so the Kings moved away. And then re- you're right, coming back in Game 7 in the second half when they started doing that, um, you know, got the ball out of Steph's hands, and he had 50 points. So that was <laughs> like you kind of have to do that at some point.
1: Yeah, little bit of uh, too late action for yeah. that. I mean, it, I thought it was interesting how much they played terrence davis i think he's a bigger offensive threat than davion mitchell i think that's kind of why they went with that um and he's not i don't think he's a terrible defender but steph was just he could not guard steph um no at all tonight and any anybody in single coverage tonight could not guard steph he was just all over the floor driving a lot which we've been saying all series like if pool can't do it someone has to be driving and attacking the rim and open up the other things because um even again tonight i mean i i guess we made 15 threes but we shot 50 of them so we really only shot like 32 percent from three i thought we just kind of dominated the putbacks and driving and kind of the mid-range too steph had a ton of like mid-range floaters um, yeah. wiggins had a lot of like five foot hooks five foot putbacks so I, th- I thought that's kind of was the difference in the second half where you saw the Kings? They were just kind of taking deep threes, um, deep twos, and they were all missing. And the Warriors were kind of getting inside. I thought their their like championship DNA showed, like when the game was getting tough, the Warriors kind of showed more heart and and was rebounding and making the
0: easier shots. Yeah, we we just flat out wanted it more tonight, um, and that was surprising. You know the Kings flat out wanted it more in game six oh, um yeah. i mean Way it wasn't more. even a debate yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that was uh that didn't I mean, lead to much optimism uh for this game seven
0: yeah well you mentioned so the wiggins like kind of hooks and floaters um i really i've been liking at least i liked in this series when they ran that play for wiggins i think they call it head tap where Wiggins basically cuts across the paint and gets a post up on one of the smaller guards of the other team, excuse me, guards of the other team, and he's able to kind of punish them. You know, the Warriors used to run that with Harrison Barnes back in the day, (laughs) and it didn't really work because Barnes is not as skilled of an offensive player, especially in the post, as Wiggins is. But it really, really works with, with Andrew Wiggins. So, you know, if they can in this future series against the warriors coming up on, starting on Tuesday, if they can kind of implement that into their rhythm of the offense and get him matched up against like delo in the post every once in a while. I'll, I'll really like that. Yeah. And that was kind of a lot of his success last year. Um, yeah,
1: his three point shot wasn't real. I mean, it was decent, but it wasn't what was carrying him in the playoffs. He was just like attacking the rim all the time he had a lot of huge dunks in the playoffs but also he was kind of the only person on our team who was doing those like mid-range shots um yeah and it's huge i mean he shot five for 16 like there was a stretch in the third quarter where i think he was like oh for six over five but i thought he had a really good game as well um he got to the free throw yeah. line 10 times just was putting pressure on the paint seven points. Oh, yeah. uh he, he was a beast tonight as well
0: he was, yeah. If he was knocking down shots, it would have been a huge game from him. Um, if,
1: if the Warriors were knocking down free throws, we would have won by thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Clay Clay had a really bad shooting night in the first half. The Warriors were down two, and Clay was like one for ten, I oh, think. Yeah. And and we were texting, we or maybe we tweeted this that you know if Clay had even an average first half. The Warriors would be up ten at that point. Um, so. You know, kind of a rough shooting night from everyone but Steph Curry, and it just didn't matter tonight because he was an absolute like sensation. Um, one really interesting part of this game was the Warriors taking care of the ball, they had seven turnovers in the entire game. Yeah, I mean, that's like crazy. they have been turning the ball over a lot, you know, not just the series, but this season, and even you know, throughout the dynasty. Um, That's they're they're sort of a fast-paced team that whips the ball around and sometimes they'll you know they're moving quickly and they dribble it off their foot and that's how it goes. Um, But what what was really interesting with this entire series against the Kings was the Kings were trying to beat them at their own game, moving moving the ball around, working in transition, you know, pushing the pace and just outrunning the Warriors every time. Like the um, every time the Kings. head coach Mike Brown would be mic'd up and they would show it on national television. Uh, he would basically be saying, Hey, push the pace, push the pace, get out and transition, run it down their throats. Like his, his dedication to that game plan was impressive and um, it was working for a while there. That's why the Kings, you know, pushed, pushed the champions to seven games um, and the Warriors had to go against their nature and, and slow the game down, work possession by possession in the half court, and just try to beat the Kings on an execution um, slower game plan. So, and it worked in game seven here, you know, perfectly, but that was just a really, really interesting development in this series that I didn't see coming. I don't think anyone saw coming, honestly, because, you know, in the regular season, the Warriors had the fastest pace of any team. Um, And the Kings had the 12th fastest. They, you know, you could see how this Kings team would run quickly with the ball and push it, but that wasn't, like, an edge that they had over the Warriors based on the regular season. But, you know, in the matchup, it clearly was in the Kings' favor to do that.
1: Yeah, 100%, especially in Game 6. That's really what helped them blow us out at home was that they abandoned kind of Harrison Barnes. They abandoned... um Alex Len didn't play at all, Sabonis got in foul trouble, which I think in retrospect kind of helped them in game six, Um, yeah, and they just ran us off the floor, we looked really slow, really old, really not prepared for that type of game, and they were just, but even this game too, I mean, I was really impressed with obviously Fox this whole series, but Malik Monk is like insanely fast, insanely quick, Um, Trey Lyles was kind of, tearing us up as like a small ball five, making quick decisions and flying all over the place. Same with Keegan Murray. They just had a lot of fast players. Um, and like yeah. you said, you usually see the warriors do that to other teams where they'll like run off the traditional bigs. Um, they'll speed up the game to where their opponents like can't keep up. But you know, it's, I think it might be good in in the long run for the warriors to have kind of conquered this new type of challenge I mean, in this series, they conquered for the first time, being down 2-0 in a series. Um, win, having to win a, a Game 7 on the road uh, in the series, I know they had done that in Houston before, but, I mean, it's always a good experience to prove to yourself that you can do that. And, um, yeah, they, I think this was a really hard test for the Warriors, and they, they obviously passed with flying colors, winning by 20 in the game seven.
0: Yeah. I mean, they learned a lot, both good and bad. I think about themselves in this series. Um, You know, we can turn to game six really quickly. The Warriors were up three to two going into that game, obviously. And everyone was expecting the Warriors to close it out at chase center on their home court where they've been dominant this year. Um, But the Kings came out right away, executing their game plan to a T pushing the pace, making the Warriors turn the ball over who, you know, at at times looked completely not locked in. They were lackadaisical with the ball, like spacing out on defense, leaving players wide open. Um, It was a really, really bad game from the Warriors, and I think their worst loss of the season that game six um, and got the entire fan base in their feels um, really feeling bad. I mean, including me. After game six ended, I basically, like, sat on my couch – in silence for twenty minutes, and then asked my girl, my girlfriend Alex, to go get donuts with me at Krispy Kreme, and that <laughs> kind of temporarily helped me resolve my <laughs> my sadness, yeah. but uh, didn't didn't help me, you know, feel any better about Game Seven in Sacramento. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure I wasn't <laughs> the only one feeling that way. I know you were pretty down oh, yeah, after definitely. Game Six too.
1: Yeah, I mean. I would have been fine with a loss. It was just really kind of disappointing and like disheartening that loss. I mean, I don't know if it was the early start or just, I don't know, thinking they could just show up and just be like, oh, we're at home. We're going to win this. But I think the Warriors kind of got punked in that game. And they did. They had didn't really even seem like they had any fight in them or any kind of dog at all. And then like the Kings came into their home floor with their backs up against elimination and, and just punked the Warriors. There was no real chance for us in that game. Um, the
0: Kings had the dog in them in game six. I mean, oh, the, Warriors, yeah, 100%. the Warriors showed up for game six, basically thinking they could walk out there and that the Kings were rattled. They were a young team. They had lost three in a row and that they were going to roll over in San Francisco to, you know, the, be- the better team who I thought was the Warriors. Um, and they were, they were the better team, but the Kings, had some serious serious composure and fight and they were not going to go down easy uh monk was sensational in game six he was the best player on the floor honestly yeah. um De'Aaron fox was great he had 11 assists and 26 points in game six uh both those guys are so hard to guard and um you know when they get going it's just like they just catch fire and really really push it so um impressive team impressive team they were you know in retrospect like after watching the series they were true contenders if they had beat the warriors they're going up against the lakers in the next round i think they beat the lakers and that puts them in the western conference finals so the kings were a real challenge for the dubs yeah. um we were you know we along with a lot of other people were wrong about how ready the kings were to compete against the defending champions in a playoff series um, they they were very prepared. They were very good. Uh, they were composed and they um, they proved it. they're gonna be good for a long time. Darren Fox is clearly an all-star level player. Um, they've got a lot of good pieces around him. Mike Brown, his coaching was very impressive to me. I, I you know, wrote in in the uh, series preview article that the Warriors had the head coaching advantage, which I still think they did. But it was a lot closer than I had anticipated. Yeah. Mike Brown had a masterclass series. Um, where he knew he knew the Warriors' weaknesses, like everyone said, and he was able to expose them um, in a lot of different ways. So, you know, congrats to them. Major respect to the Kings. They they I think earned respect around the entire league.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I said, I think probably the Warriors' hardest first round series. I would. I would say since maybe 2014, like in the West, I can't really think of a, a first-round series when the Warriors have been in the playoffs that was harder for them. Um, totally agree. Yeah, and definitely looking in retrospect for how kind of the bracket broke down, I think besides the Nuggets um, in the West, I think we are we played the, the hardest team in the West. I think the Clippers, we would have beat easier obviously, but that, the injuries are involved, um, Memphis, you could say the same, um, yeah, I, I honestly think the Suns would have been an easier, uh, playoff series than the Kings, just depth reasons and how they've been playing, um, and everything. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this works out well in the Warriors' favor that they had a, a really good test in the first round and kind of figured some things out, tightened their rotations, know what's works. Um, my only fear is that they kind of had to expend a lot of energy in this first round, which is not ideal. I know usually in the first round, like last year, we won in five um, previous yep. championship years. We've won in like four or five usually. Um, so I hope that doesn't come to bite us, but I don't... I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem like anyone's really gassed or dealing with like a nagging injury. I know game uh, one of the Lakers series is a quick turnaround. It's Tuesday night, so they really only have one day off, but it doesn't seem like any like Steph looked better
0: than ever. Um, Didn't even look tired after the game. So I don't know how you feel on that. (laughs) Um, The only thing that that pops up in my mind when you mention that is Jordan Poole. Yeah. Um, he had a pretty rough ankle injury early in the series and then just really had a bad series in general. So his, uh, I don't know, moving forward, I don't know how he's going to, he's going to fare. Um, he played only 19 minutes tonight and really, I th- I think in this series, he, that's what he should have been just a 20 minute player off the bench to try to provide some offense. He was not very good again. Um, three for nine from the field and defensive breakdowns. Um, just kind of dribbling the air out of the ball. It was a really rough series for Poole, who I thought could have potentially had a big series because I didn't think the Kings had the personnel to defend both Steph Curry and Poole at the same time, but that was wrong. That was very clearly wrong. The Kings were prepared for the Warriors guards for the most part. I mean, no one can stop Steph Curry, but the warrior, but the Kings had a good game plan. And, um, and they were able to shut down Pool and make him into a complete liability because if he's not getting off on offense, that's what he is. And it's the unfortunate truth with him, who, you know, he was an important player in the Warriors' run last year. But in this series, he was, I think he was probably like the worst consistent player on the Warriors, um, the worst player getting like consistent minutes, that is. He and like maybe DiVincenzo, but I think even DiVincenzo had a better series, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's really debatable. Who had the worst series um, from the Warriors? Definitely him. Um, yeah, De Vincenzo as well. I think uh, it wasn't ideal that the Warriors kinda had to ride basically five players for um, three ish games towards this yeah. towards the end of the series. I thought the Kings bench definitely way outplayed the Warriors bench in this series. I mean no doubt Malik monk obviously, but even like Trey Lyles was huge. Terrence Davis was huge. Um,
0: Davion had a huge game in game two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was good all all series. So,
0: and Alex Len in early in the series was like such a huge positive for them off the bench, coming in, grabbing boards and just causing problems for the warriors, small bench. Um, so yeah, they, you're right. The Kings bench completely outplayed the warriors. Yeah.
1: Who can you even say on the warriors? Um, besides the core five had a good series. I mean, I guess Moody had a pretty
0: decent series like, but he did. Yeah. It wasn't, he's he's a guy who was just
1: stable, like minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: He's a guy who's going to play like 15 minutes a game, come in and, and just, you know, make solid passes, knock down a three, play decent defense and, and grab some boards, some loose balls. Um, that's, that's all you can ask from him. And he did that, which was great to see because, I mean, thinking back before this series, we didn't think he was going to be a factor at all considering Kerr sort of buried him um, in the oh, rotation I mean, throughout the entire the, regular season. He, yeah, He
1: wasn't playing at all leading up to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kuminga was getting like 25 minutes a game coming yeah. into the playoffs. So, um, And he played three tonight. He, I don't even think he played in game six besides the garbage time. Um, well, tonight was garbage it did, it, time
1: too. He, did, true, he didn't true. play
0: tonight besides garbage time yeah so he got Kuminga got buried in the rotation i hope we see a little bit more of him in the series against the lakers to, um, he can make some you know winning plays and and brings an edge with his athleticism that no one else really on the team besides wiggins can bring and i i really think that's actually the root of why he's lost playing time is that wiggins is back fully oh yeah definitely. and and he just kind of takes those minutes from kuminga they overlap too much with with their skill sets and what the uh, what they do um not we'll we'll have to see if like kirk can play both of them on the floor at the same time um you know put kuminga at the four wiggins at the three and then draymond at the five i think that could work but uh it clearly didn't work in this matchup against the kings and i know he we've been seeing it on like on social media him hanging his head kind of having to get A pep talk every game from Draymond and Steph like hey stay in it man like we're gonna need you at some point it's just a bad matchup this series so you know mentally I'm sure it's a challenge for him he's just got to keep pushing through and uh, I think he will he's a he's a headstrong guy yeah no definitely um
1: interesting in this series just kind of putting a wrap on it there wasn't Really, any major like personnel adjustments in this series from the Warriors side of it, um, which is we can kind of go back to this whole regular season and what's been an issue with like the roster to construction, but there's not really many options the Warriors can go to um, in these playoffs. I mean, I think, and we even said it before Game Seven, it's like, you know, we're gonna live or die with the starters and Steph playing well. There's, like, not someone on the bench we can plug in to, like, kind of change the dynamic. I mean, we'll see how the the next couple of games go with maybe, you know, Gary and Dante and Pool, But really, you know, this season and these playoffs are going to be about kind of the core five. And I thought they all, in their own way, had had a really good series, except I would say Clay probably had the worst of the five. But... Steph, yeah. Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney were all very good um,
0: this series. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, I mean, this, this five-man unit is the best in basketball when they're at full strength. So um, it gives the Warriors a chance to win any game, any night. Uh, so that's that's the encouraging part. The discouraging part is the lack of production from the bench. Even guys who were steady this year, like DiVincenzo uh, um, and Kuminga at times, were... Non factors, Payton had some good minutes here and there, but wasn't as important as I thought he would be. Um, You know, tonight he played decent defense on Monk, but he was still a minus thirteen on the night in a game where the Warriors won by twenty points. I know, and Um, he only played fifteen minutes. So, I mean,
1: plus minus isn't the perfect stat. He could have been in when they were like having a run and stuff. I thought he. Um, I mean, he had four blocks. I thought he was defending really well, but like you said, he's kind of more of a situational player. Um,
0: yeah, so. he's a he's a specialist. He's yeah. He's just a wing defensive specialist, and he can you know cut on offense. You know, throw it down. Sometimes hit an open three, but that really when he's in the game, the only thing he's providing is great defense at the point of attack um, on the ball handler. So. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to need that against the Lakers too, though. Uh, D. Elo has been good for the Lakers. Reeves has been good for the Lakers. That's really going to be the matchup for, for Peyton. 100%. I mean, we can
1: kind of move towards this preview of yeah, the Lakers. I know it's a, a quick turnaround. I, I can't remember when a series has started um, just one day after um, a series ended. I guess that's kind of the the bad part of how it goes when you you get seven games yeah Yeah, exactly i guess we just haven't been in that many seven game series so i don't remember that but the first game a few of the first games of the second round were being played before the warriors even finished with the first round which is kind of interesting um yeah yeah man the the lakers it's tough we said this on our like playoff preview um we thought it was going to be the lakers who are going to be the like kind of the toughest test for the Warriors, and th- that could still be true. Um, but we'll see. Se- yeah, but it seems like the Kings kind of took that from the Lakers. But the the Lakers beat us three times to one this this year. Um, I thought kind mm-hmm. of had the best defensive plan that we faced this season. Uh, yeah. Versus kind of what we do on offense, and the Warriors sometimes struggle when. There's like a dominant defensive big man on the opposite yep. team, and Anthony Davis is that. So it's going to be a tough series. Uh, how are you feeling on it?
0: Um, I feel actually better than I did when we when we mentioned um, the potential matchup on the podcast before the Kings series um, when we were kind of spelling out the potential path for the warriors to make it to the western conference finals and have a shot at you know defending their title in the NBA finals um it, you know the, lebron james and anthony davis are obviously two of you know the top 10 15 best players in the league lebron is one of the greatest players of all time so he'll he'll have his way um you know in a few games at least i know he's 38 years old so it's not going to be like the, the LeBron James on the Cavs that we saw in those epic finals matchups, but he's still a huge, hugely impactful player. Those are the top two guys. And then they roll out um, Reeves, who has been very, very solid for them, and honestly is their third best player, in my opinion, um, along with then D'Angelo Russell at point guard. Then they'll throw in Dennis Schroeder. They'll throw in Rui Hachimura. They'll throw in Jared Vanderbilt. Um and then some spot minutes from a couple wings like Beasley or Brown, Troy Brown Jr. So um, that that's kind of the breakdown of the team. And I thought it was a tough matchup before this King series. But watching them in the play-in, watching them against the Grizzlies, I feel a bit better about it because they um, acquired a lot of these guys at the deadline and had to patch together this team. And they are gelling right now but they, have, they make some really dumb plays like the Warriors do, honestly, sometimes. Yeah. And I think the Warriors will be able to run them off the court despite the fact that AD can kind of stay on the floor with that pace. But um, it, it's just like we've seen Anthony Davis matched up against Draymond before and Looney is cut from the same cloth. AD just doesn't have that dog in him like they do. that's a fact (laughs) those guys are and those guys are absolute beasts nba champions and ad has one ring but um come on he's not the same the same level of beast as those guys yeah i think you broke it down pretty well um
1: i agree the only player i'm really worried about on the lakers is anthony davis i think this series really either way depends on his play um If the Warriors are kind of able to get by his rim protection and defend him really well, make him into a jump shooting big, uh, be careful of uh, fouling him. I think we have a really good chance in this series. But if he's able to kind of shut off everything off the paint, um, put Looney and Draymond in foul trouble, I think the Warriors might be in trouble with that, just because they don't really have many other big options, and the uh, the Lakers have some streaky shooters, I mean, that makes me feel good and bad about this series, just because I could see, you know, them shooting, like, eight for 40 from three, but I could also see, like, Malik Beasley coming in and hitting four threes, and same with D'Lo, uh, Reeves getting hot and stuff, so, you know, I think... These teams are pretty similar in a way. They have kind of a lot of similar players. Um, and we'll just see, you know. I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, so awesome that Curry and LeBron get another head-to-head uh, before, you know, LeBron retires. That's that's going to be the headliner, of course, of this entire series. Um, the Warriors and the Lakers have... Sort of had this weird, like California rivalry, at least from a Warriors fan perspective, that's what it's felt like because Kobe Bryant and the Lakers would come in and just beat the shit out of the Warriors every season and <laughs> piss off the entire fan base. Um, then the Warriors dynasty sort of sprouted from nothing and the Lakers became a bit irrelevant. They were, you know, not winning a ton of games. LeBron came back, made them relevant, and we're finally getting this matchup that people had sort of anticipated for for a few years now potentially happening um and so this is the first matchup between the dubs and the lakers since 1991 when they um when they matched up in again the western conference semis and that was like the run tmc warriors against the magic johnson lakers um so that was pretty cool to see that you know sort of two historical franchises haven't matched up in over 20 years and now they're they're back with two of the best players that have ever played the game matched up against each other so it's gonna be awesome
1: yeah it's pretty interesting that the lakers are kind of are obviously one of the like most historical franchises in the nba but kind of since this warriors rise in 2013 um they've pretty much been irrelevant um they were pretty bad there for a long time once kobe retired they um couldn't get a star to come they just were young and then lebron came obviously and they won that bubble title but that was like the one year where the warriors you know clay had just got injured and steph got injured that season so you know it's weird in the past decade there really hasn't been too much to be a rivalry about but obviously these are probably the top two most popular franchises in the nba Um, yeah i'm sure adam silver is stoked that the warriors won tonight i think it's probably going to be the most viewed playoff series of the year regardless like whoever makes it to the finals or anything this is probably going to be the most watched um yeah very very possible yeah oh definitely um and like you said maybe the last time lebron and steph uh play against each other in a playoff series so pretty grateful for that and yeah man I I am feeling good about the chances of this like the Lakers kind of remind me of the Warriors as well like watching that Memphis series one game they'll just totally dominate Memphis and then you're like oh okay the Lakers got this series and then the next game like they'll lose <laughs> by 30 and it's like oh man just kind of two unserious teams but we'll see <laughs> um we'll see who has has will get their stuff together and put it all together. But it's crazy that the Warriors are going to have home court in this series yes. as a 6 seed. Which is that's what big I was going to say. Yeah. Yep.
0: I mean, this is the only this was the only option for the Warriors to have like home court advantage in any playoff series uh essentially unless, you know, the 8 seed or the 7 seed in the East wins and we make we meet them in the NBA hey, Finals, but Miami Heat True, true. Up, if the Heat make the finals, that 1-0. would be unbelievable. If the Warriors end the season as the sixth seed and then get two series as the home court uh, with the home <laughs> court advantage, That they don't deserve that. Come on now. No, no. no. <laughs> um, but yeah,
1: man, so w- what are you thinking for this game one? I know it's kind of unfortunate for the Warriors that they just played a pretty like emotional game seven on Sunday, they gotta drive back to the Bay tonight, and then one day off, and then it's a whole brand new beast, a brand new series on Tuesday. What do you What do you think for Game One?
0: Um, I think this is gonna be one of the toughest games in the entire series because, for sure. uh, because what you mentioned, like just the Warriors uh, having a quick turnaround and the Lakers having some time off after they they took care of business on Friday night at home in Game Six against the Grizzlies. Um, <laughs> which the Warriors should have done too, but we're not going to go des- back there. They destroyed them. <laughs> they did. They won by like 40 points or something. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, LeBron is going to be rested. LeBron's health and stamina is one of the biggest factors in this entire series because of his age and his impact on, on the game, obviously. Um, so I think, you know, he's going to come out looking to to steal home court advantage from the Warriors in game one. Um, that's going to be the message that Darvin Ham drives home to that team is that, look, this is our opportunity to immediately grasp home court advantage, uh, you know, out of the hands of the Warriors. So the Warriors better be prepared. They they can't come in, you know, like they did in game six, thinking that, oh, hey, we're home. This yeah. Lakers team is just going to roll over for us. Um, we know the Warriors stro- have struggled on the road although they did just win twice in Sacramento in this past series so you can you can honestly probably throw some of that road uh, road woe out the window um <laughs> because it's the NBA playoffs um but yeah. you know even historically the Warriors have also struggled at Staples Center so it's like oh, yeah. kind of a, a double whammy like on the road and at Staples Center the Warriors have you know struggled so um I, they got to take care of their business at home we've said it you know we said it last series um when you're a team that is so dominant at home losing that edge is a major step backwards um uh, so coming out on the right foot winning this game is going to be massive um you know Steph might be a little tired from having to put the team on his back in game 7 so sort of hoping for these role players to step up yet again like we mentioned like DiVincenzo and Poole are two important guys off the bench who need to, to step it up and provide some good output, uh, to, to reduce the burden of, of the key guys, uh, Steph and Clay. So what do you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. You make a, a
1: lot of good points. I think that, um, obviously we lost the season series three to one, but I think, Especially for the Warriors and especially for the Lakers, kind of their regular season stats are a little irrelevant now, just because yeah. the Lakers are just a completely different team than they were in the regular season, and you could say the same yep. for the Warriors. Like I was looking at the yep. previous game logs and stuff, and I saw that James Wiseman had like twenty four minutes in one one of the games. I'm like, okay, my god, this is. Uh, it's a very different team. And same with the Lakers. I saw that Russ played like 38 minutes and something, and I'm like, okay. You can Jeez, kind of throw yeah. these stats out. And, and same with the home road differential between for the Warriors. Um, obviously, that's still going to be kind of lingering. Like you said, Staples is a historically hard place for the Warriors, and especially Steph to play. I don't think Steph's really ever even had a good game there. Um, feels like he kind of... Always has bad shooting nights there. Yeah. But I think you're right. Game
0: one. Oh, man. I I mean, who do you you think is going to match up on Steph for the Lakers? Oh, I could see
1: them maybe like starting Troy Brown or like Schroeder um, or even Reeves. But yeah, man, their perimeter defense is pretty awful. But to say that, I mean, they played... The Grizzlies' last series, which has Jaw and um, yeah, but
0: Jaw's not really a like perimeter threat. He's a drive and drive into the paint kind of uh, guard. So no, I think yeah. that was at the Lakers' advantage, and the Warriors just are able to space the floor so much better than the Grizzlies. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be tough again for the Lakers to find the right matchup. I mean, you named the three guys. I was gonna I was gonna call out Schroeder, who. I think is a little too small to go to guard Steph. Steph can just shoot right over the top of him. Yeah. Um, Reeves and Brown are probably the two best options, but putting Reeves on Steph is going to tire him out and he is super important to their offense. So not sure that's going to happen, but you know, he'll get some run on him. So I think Brown is, is a good call. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. not going to be D Lo. D is barbecue chicken on defense. Oh he yeah. Is, he is. a I, clone. Ugh,
1: Man. There's just, I can't wait for this series just because, obviously, it's going to be kind of a toxic fan-based war on Twitter. Oh, There's going to be a I lot of it. takes on the I sports. I love it. I know. Sports Talk Radio is going to be awful during this series. Guess the Goons
0: is going to be a movie segment Ooh, for yeah, this series. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, 100%. The LeBron versus Steph propaganda is going to be awful, but I'm really <laughs> hoping and kind of expecting that man, some of the Lakers players get exposed, like, this Reeves stuff, like, obviously, he's, he's been a solid player, but he gets to the line so much for, like, a role player, he gets a lot of high, like, I just don't see how he is gonna fit in this series, unless they kind of hide him, just, like, run around with clay and stuff, or guard pool when he's in, but.
0: I mean, he's good enough of a player that we're gonna have to put one of our, like, Good defenders on him, like it's yeah. gonna be GP two on him potentially, or Clay maybe, or um, like or Gary. I mean, Wiggins, Wiggins at times, but yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. I I also don't see how it can be a Delo series just because. I mean, we saw the D'Lo experience when he was on the Warriors obviously he's good for the kind of regular season just to put up points dish out the ball um hit threes and he's an ideal fit versus LeBron but man versus the Warriors guards like he can't guard Steph I guess maybe you could put him on Wiggins or even Draymond I could see them like hiding on him I don't know I'm just really interested about this series there's a lot of big personalities obviously it's too massively popular um teams with huge fan bases uh kind of bad players who get overhyped in the media like Poole and reeves um that's gonna be (laughs) a interesting discussion obviously draymond has historically played anthony davis very well um going back to when he was in new orleans and everything lebron versus draymond like clutch best friends they have a like history
0: of you know draymond kicking him in the nuts in the finals and everything no, 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 no. He kicked Stephen Adams. He he like sack tapped LeBron. That's what happened. In oh, okay, news. yeah. Punched him in the nuts. I guess. Yeah. But it's just. <laughs> I mean, Come on, it's... get the get
1: get the <laughs> nut activity right, dude. Yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> no, it's just there's going to be a lot of talk about in this series. So definitely really excited. Um, and but I'm confident in the Warriors. But like you said, the game one, I'm a little nervous uh, about. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Lakers are gelling at the right time. Like this is what any team dreams of is to put it together in April, May, and June. Uh, but you could argue the warriors are, are on the path to doing that as well. I think if you had told the warriors like, Hey, actually you're not going to match up with the healthy Grizzlies team in round two, you're going to match up with the Lakers. They would take that. Um, I think they, I, if, if I'm Steph, I feel confident about this series. Um, I mean, you should, Steph feels confident about everything he does. So that's especially, not really especially much,
1: after but. tonight, it doesn't seem like uh, there's <laughs> yeah. anyone in in the NBA that can guard him right now. Um, and yeah. he, he might just have to put on one last historical carry of this, of this team to get them where they want to go. But
0: yet again, the franchise yeah. on the back of Steph Curry. Yeah. hundred percent, man.
1: Well, we'll, I hope you guys stay locked in to, you know, a Twitter page. Substack will be uh, yep. definitely locked in on the podcast during this series. So, uh, yeah, let's go Warriors and uh, Battle of L.A. We'll see what's going on. All right, man. Talk to you in the next one.